Welcome back to Secondhand Sellers, where we talk everything thrifting, reselling, and everything secondhand. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clayton. Thanks for joining us again. Um, this week we're going to talk about auctions versus buy it now. Yes. So, when it comes to eBay, Which one do you like to do? Oh, buy it now, hands down. Mm -hmm. I almost never do auctions. How really? do you feel about them? So most of my listings I will put as buy it nows mm -hmm. because I know that there's a specific price I'm willing to sell it at. Both the average price and the lowest I'm willing to take. And I've kind of got that in mind when I'm listing it. Mm -hmm. And I base that based off of what other people are selling it, how much money I've got into it, how much time. And all the factors you should take into consideration if you're reselling. Yes. All the factors you should take before you even purchase the item most of the time. Mm -hmm. But I got those in mind when I'm listing it and I'll go, yeah, I'm happy at X price. And so if I list it, let's say $20. And if I get an offer and it's under what I'm... What I want it, because let's say the lowest I want is 18, but if it, I get an offer at 16, cool, okay, uh, how about I'll counter and I'll mess with it. Versus, if I have an item and I think it's going to sell for $50, and I go, I think I can get $50 for this. And I take it, I prep it, I list it as an auction starting bid of $10 and only one person finds the item and they snatch it up for $10, I'm sitting there crying because I didn't get what I wanted out of it. Mm -hmm. The person who's getting it is getting an amazing deal. And I go, I could have earned more for the time I have invested in my item. However, there is room for play when it comes to auctions. I do like to use auctions when I have a bundle of things that are low value. Okay. Or or like a bundle of things I don't want to deal with. For example, I had a whole bunch of PlayStation 2 games. Uh -huh. It was going to take me a good hour to two hours to test all these games. Okay. I didn't have... You didn't want to do that. I didn't, I didn't want to do that. And I only had like a dollar a game into them. Mm -hmm. It was like 12 games overall. And so I said, you know what? I took them all. I took pictures, I said, untested, PlayStation 2 games, as is. Mm -hmm. And I started the bid at $10. I ended up, I think they sold for like 26 or something like that. I was happy. The customer who got them, got them for a cheaper deal than what they would have paid had they bought each one individually. Mm -hmm. And in the end of the day, it saved me a good hour of my time. So I want to, I want to. Pull that apart a little bit more. Yeah. So, um, obviously, the time you have to always think about the time invested versus the profit that you're liable to gain. Mm -hmm. There are some things where it is worth really cleaning it, mm -hmm. um, or repair. Sometimes it could be repairing it, or whatever judging you need to do to get that thing sellable um, at a higher price. There are some things that if you didn't clean it, it would be half or less. Yeah, like I. How you present things does matter, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. um, if you wouldn't go into an interview in your sweatpants, then you probably shouldn't, you know, put this dirty, grubby-looking item up on eBay and yeah. think you're going to get 
the job, which yeah. or the sale. And, and with some items now, in, in fact, recently, I think every single clothing item needs to be washed prior to listing. Yeah. So. And also, not just because obviously, it, if you got a really gross item, in the, or... yeah, it would be icky and mm-hmm. unpleasant for you as a person. Now, like neither of us would want to receive that, mm-hmm. but your seller ratings can be affected by that too, mm-hmm. obviously. No one's going to want to receive something that smells or is nasty. Yeah. Um, I don't think that everything is that way. There are some things that maybe you don't spend a lot of time really... For This is just a for instance. Maybe something has a... It's an old item, a vintage item. It has a little rust on it. You just disclose the rust. I, I've done this a few times. It had corrosion or something mm-hmm. on it. It was copper or, or what have you, zinc. And I was just... As is, has some corrosion, may be able to be removed, but I'm not going to do it. And I'll just price accordingly because, in my opinion, it wasn't worth all that effort to get it off. But it's not nasty or something like that to where somebody else might be super put off by it. Yeah. You take care of the grime, leave the corrosion or... For example, I'll sell broken electronics sometimes. Right. And you I'll, just disclose, and I'll disclose, it. disclose that as as is for parts or whatnot. Yeah, you know, unworking or and whatever. It, am I going to get more money if I took the time to make sure it, it was actually functional? Yeah. But do I want to go dredge up the specific battery for it? I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It's not worth my time, my effort. I'd rather just sell it, get rid of it. Yeah, and I talked about the radio we my sister and I sold. Mm-hmm. It literally had a wasp's nest in it. This thing, we, we didn't want to touch anything in because it was inside the actual case of the radio yeah. with the innards, and we were just not going to touch anything in there. And we yeah. just completely disclosed that it, we did wipe out the... Like, we wiped off the outside, but we didn't deal with anything inside. Mm-hmm. And somebody who repaired radios, you know, might be able to dig in there and do it. Yeah. In a way that wouldn't harm anything or, or whatever. But we disclosed that we were not cleaning that out. Um, and the person who bought it wanted it for decor. So not to get off too, because we did get off track a little bit there. But basically, you just want to think about your time investment and the profit you're going to get. If you're going to get five bucks back, you probably don't want to spend an hour dealing, like messing with it. And yeah. at that point, you have to think, is it even worth selling if you have to spend a lot of time and it's a low value item? Yeah. So those are things to consider. Um but as far as that was one of your considerations for listing this these PS2 games in mm-hmm. the auction. But why auction versus just a flat buy now fee? Like, why didn't you just list it for $26? Because, honestly, when I looked at it, I didn't know what I would deem as a happy medium. And for something like PlayStation 2 games, there's enough interest from individuals that they're still coming out and checking out every listing. Mm-hmm. As, I didn't even have to promote that listing. That was just, there's enough... Vintage, people are looking for them. Yeah, there's enough in people invested in hunting for vintage video game systems. Or games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people still play those video games. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to deal with it. Now, if I were to take something, let's say... Um, Let's say something a little more out there. Um, What about... uh, I'm trying to think specifically. Some old computer games Mm -hmm. um, that run off of floppies. Something like that. I don't have a floppy drive to test those games. Mm -hmm. And so when I 
list something like that. I might say, as is, untested, but I'll come up with a price based off of others that have sold. I'll list it a little under that, just because it's more specific, and I know there's less people hunting for those. They're hunting for them to take and actually put on display. Because most of those old floppy games, you can find free rips online, mm -hmm. and the people that are playing them, that's what they're going to do. But to have the physical copy, just to be like, look at this, I've got it this. It's a collector's it's, piece. It's, yeah, it's a collector piece. It's more specific, but it's got less eyes on it. It's a more niche. More niche. Which goes back to our previous podcast episode. Check that out <laughs> if you want to hear our feelings on niches um, as a seller. But anyway, so... Basically what you're telling me, and correct me if I'm mm -hmm. not digesting this correctly, but you sort of were unsure how to value like value this collection yeah. of random PS2 games. Probably not super rare ones to where their value is all over the place. Right. And you knew that there was a decent sized market looking for them, so you knew you would get a lot of eyes on your listing, and sort of you just let the market... D dictate right right i i let the people say what they wanted because and you were precious about it either no it, it didn't mean anything to me to take it list it because i only had maybe a buck a piece it's probably actually under that because i got them with a system and some other stuff so for me it was easier to go eh you're paying shipping I want at least $10 because at that point I've covered my cost. Mm -hmm. Anything more than that is profit. And so when I do take advantage of the, um, the auctions, I will list items at least at my profit point where it's like $1 above my profit or above what I've caught or mm -hmm. at cost or, at, at cost or $1 above cost. That way, even after eBay fees, I'm not like, oh, I'm out of... You want to at least break even on I it. I want to at least break even. And it's bitten me a couple times. Not often. But I'd rather do that, especially with something that I know people are actually hunting for. I like that as a, as a uh, metric for con to consider mm -hmm. um, when you're, you're debating on whether or not to put something up for auction. Because I guess I didn't... Like I said, I'm... We do almost completely buy it now. Mm -hmm. I will say that there was a time or two, or maybe early on, that we tinkered a little with auctions. I don't think we've ever actually sold anything auction, because um, some of them I took down did buy it now, because I like the sort of control of buy, buy it now. Mm -hmm. um, but I like that as a metric, that if it's something that you know a lot of people are looking for, your chances of getting the benefit of an auction, which is that... It'll the value will inflate as you have more and more people bidding for it. Yeah. Um, is is more likely to occur. Yeah. As opposed it, to something that's just random where you're gonna get one or two people looking at it. Right. And as um, a counterpoint to that, I had a couple of items that I threw up there on auction because it was like um, a specific tool. Um, I didn't know like I had a chisel set, old wood handle chisel set, and I said, ah. Eh, I'll throw it up out there on auction because there were some selling anywhere from 15 to 30 to 40 dollars. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I had. I threw up there on auction and it went through the seven day cycle of zero bids three or four times. By that point, I said, screw it. 
I deleted it, relisted it as a buy it now. And once I was able to do that, I put 15 bucks on it because mm-hmm. I saw there were other people buying them a little three, four piece chisel sets for about 15 bucks. And I said, eh, I'll be happy with that. And it sold in two weeks. And that's not a fast time. But in comparison it's to... It's not slow, though, yeah, But it's not slow. It, in comparison to the fact that the old listing sat there for like a month. No bids. Barely anybody looking at the listing. And what'd you start it at? I started at 8 or something like that. It was under 10 bucks. So not super high. Not super high, but in cheaper than what the other ones were going for. Another thing that I thought was weird was the reason I based that off of a bidding. The ones that were selling uh-huh. were selling an auction. So, so weird. So it, it's specific items. It's a little items. bit of a gamble. That's strange. Yeah, it, specific items, especially when they are that niche, wood handled chisels for mm-hmm. tools. If not you, worth that, probably. If you don't know enough about it, it's probably not worth your time to put it up on auction. I think auctions, going kind of going back to mm-hmm. having a lot of eyes on it, um, I think probably a lot of modern items that are practical or mm-hmm. popular um, probably would be good candidates for auctions, yeah. I'm guessing, because people are looking for them a lot, especially people who maybe um, run to the secondhand market before purchasing new. Yeah. And there is, I would say nowadays, there's a good subsection of people that, in especially in the U.S., I assume other, um, I think Europe is also seeing a similar uptick in, in secondhand sales um, over the past decade or so. When you have that group of people that are automatically trying to find it secondhand on purpose first before they run and buy it new, um, then those sort of practical items and things will rise to the top and you'll get more and more views on those. So that's, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to think about. I think we mostly did buy it now because, like I said, I like the control of that. And I'm mm-hmm. always afraid with the auction that it will not perform well. Yeah. And then I'll end up with a low or no profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you can do, like most auctions, in person, online, wherever, you can do a reserve. Mm-hmm. But usually the reserve comes with an additional fee. Yeah. And so once, if you, I would only do a reserve on something that I knew was of high value. Um, and it would be something that I thought was desirable. So I could see people doing reserve on a specific like antique, maybe mm-hmm. a large piece of antique furniture or art piece or some other sort of like super valuable item with a reserve. But yeah. Just for the little things that we sell, I would never want to put a reserve on it. And then there's that fear that I won't be able to get what I want, especially for items that will sell for under $20 anyway. Yeah. I just... It's easier to take it and go, eh, 15 bucks or $10 or whatever it may be mm-hmm. and have, have somebody either come along and buy it outright or come along and make you an offer than to... Hope that, oh, I listed it at 99 cents. Maybe somebody will come and get into a bidding war to get a better deal. Yeah, and even encourages really low mm-hmm. starting points. Yeah, they'll they'll put, oh, you're running an auction. Start it at $1.99. And it's like... But then if it sells at $1.99... You're out. Yeah, and so I think you're... 
the other point I think that you made was you set your reserve at a point where you know that it's very likely you'll at least break even. And I think mm-hmm. that makes sense, um, especially on an item you don't really care that much about. Right. It's been around. Maybe it's been around for a long time. Or you've it was just taking up on space. And that's the thing. It was taking up space that I could have taken that hour of time. I had actually plugged in the PlayStation 2 and tested it and made sure it worked. And I was like, I could take an hour of time, put in each of these games, try them, or I can just say, it's fine, and just list them. And you know what? They sold for more than I was expecting, because I was expecting to get 15. Okay. Um, so in that case, if you had listed Buy It Now, and you, as a Buy It Now, you mm-hmm. had listed him as 15, you would have actually undercut yourself. Yeah, I, I probably would have. And they sold for more than what I was expecting. The customer got them. The customer was happy, gave me a good review. So overall, that one was a good gamble. I've had other times where I list something, um, I can't think of any specific offhand, just because most of my listings I do as buy it nows. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had some time, like I'll list something and I'll list it at $5 bidding and I only paid a dollar for it and the average for them sells for around that 15 to $20 mark and I'm thinking, ah, maybe it'll sell for more and it gets one bid. Am I out of money? No. But I could have taken it, listed it for 12 by it now, and it would have sold quickly and still earned me more money mm-hmm. and still gotten somebody else a great deal just because the average for that same item is much higher. Was much, much higher. So, so uh, again, what I'm, I feel like I'm <coughs> interviewing you about this, <laughs> um, which I guess maybe I'm good at that. I don't know. But what I'm hearing from you again, and I think mm-hmm. you sort of have reiterated this reiterated this a couple of times, is that you use the auction feature as a low effort way to sort of offload a lot of things. Yeah. So things that you don't want, that don't have independent value worth independently listing mm-hmm. each, or that you think it might be hard to sell by it now in a lot, or you don't understand, you don't quite know how to price it and so yeah. you just let the market dictate so you can get rid of a volume of things at once yeah so those are some good things to take away um like i said i'm mostly by now maybe i should reconsider the auction on some of the things um we do have a couple of lots of clothes that we just kind of want to see leave so maybe auction would be a good option for that um i'll have to talk to hannah about that and see what she thinks because she's kind of been in the by now and it is to a certain extent that sort of I would say scarcity mindset mm-hmm. where you're like really worried about it, giving it away for nothing, you yeah. know, and you don't want to lose money. But um, at the same time, so I've also played with the buy it nows and it's not selling or I don't have yeah. people getting eyes on it. And then flip it to auction. Well, I haven't flipped it to auction, but what I'll do is I'll go and I'll drop it by a dollar mm-hmm. or drop it by two, depending on what price is at. And sometimes just doing that, it sparks just the right person where they go, that's a great deal, and they come in and buy it. Yeah, I think that's especially true if you have watchers. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that with my buy it now. My buy it now strategy is, all right, here's a price I might want to get. I try to let, I look, I do my comps. Mm-hmm. Um, if if there is something to compare it to. Sometimes there isn't a great comp. Yeah. And then you just have to sort of guess at, the, at what you think the value might be on, on that item. 
price it a little on the high end, maybe even a little over what I'm seeing, and then um, be really flexible with that. Mm-hmm. So if I see that someone's watching it, boom, I'll um, on most things, unless it's of something significant of significant value that I really and it's recently listed and I, I want to give it a little time. Yeah. Um, I'll shoot off an offer on it, knock a few bucks off, you know, whatever. Um, I, I entertain offers depending on how long it's been listed. My sister and I will either immediately accept or maybe counter. And depending also how much they're asking. Yeah. Like some people get on there and ask 20 bucks off. And if it's been sitting there for six months, shoot, I might give it to you. But if you, I just listed it yesterday and here you are bringing it down. We have a situation right now that we need to let, we're probably going to counter offer on item because I think I sent an offer that was already 15 off asking and because it was a bigger item and they came back at 45. And so I'm, we're probably not going to go that far, but um, at least not yet because we just recently got that listed. So I do, I do try to be kind of flexible in my buy it now. I try to buy low enough and sell high enough that I do have a good margin where we can really play with that discount Mm -hmm. and, and hopefully entice a buyer in. And and like I said, if it's been sitting there for months, we're at that sort of six month point. So if it's been there for months, we are very flexible on our pricing. You know, if we had a little booklet, I had it listed at eight, somebody offered us five, it's been on there for months. Please take it. Yeah. Like, yes. and, and that's a greater than 20% discount. That's what, uh, probably what, 35% discount? Uh, it's pretty high, but I bought it really like for a quarter or something. Yeah. So it so, wasn't, it was a little booklet, a little tiny like pamphlet thing. But at least with that, it gets out of your inventory. It's been sitting there for months and it's profit. Yeah. And it's not a high value item anyway. Yeah. So you, I, I can't remember if the, I had a good comp on that or if I was just sort of guessing it price and like I said I try to build in a little higher than what I would really want that way I get your money worth and have that room yeah to move you know great if I get that high price but if I have to knock off a couple of bucks to get someone to buy it mm-hmm. no big deal and that's a really good strategy for Facebook marketplace um, a lot of times if I list on Facebook marketplace um, if let's say I want $15 for an item I'll list it at 20 because somebody is always going to come at you on Facebook Marketplace mm-hmm. and go, how about 10? Yeah, and you're <laughs> dickering going, eh, always. How about 15? And I'll get it sold. So. Yeah. I think in the counter offers, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Yeah. And I found on, I don't know why, because I don't think it's true of places like Facebook Marketplace and more in person situations, but I feel like when you counter offer on eBay, if they don't like the price, more often than not, people will not counter offer again. Yeah, it. I only get that once out of every ten. Like Where they counter back again? Yeah. I think. I think a lot of people who do that, maybe they gave you their bottom price that mm-hmm. they're willing to pay. Um, sometimes you'll you'll get someone come back a little bit, but. Yeah. We had a funny situation where someone was going back and forth with me over like a buck or two. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. And she she came in really low, and we said no and offered, and then she came back low again. And then we, I set the price on the like the minimum, mm-hmm. the minimum um, offer that it would accept a little higher, so she couldn't keep going back down there. And it was a whole thing. And then she ended up being happy and like left us a positive re- review, even though she paid like a buck more than she wanted or something. Because some people, it was funny. Because some people, when it comes to eBay, they think it's a game. Oh yeah. Like, How low can I go? Because they know. <laughs> 
that most people on there are just selling because they want it. They want to get yeah, stuff it was, going. Yeah, it was but. pretty funny, and uh, you should talk to Hannah about it sometime. It's right. It was a pretty funny situation. We're both like, whatever. She was happy in the end. But she just like, I mean, it was several times back and forth, and that's really rare on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, once in a while, you'll have somebody, you know, come low, you'll go, you'll come in a little higher, mm-hmm. and then they'll maybe come back with a mid-ground, or I'll come back with a mid-ground sometimes. Here's my original list price. Here's where the low ball they gave me, yeah. and then I'll come up five dollars or a couple of bucks or whatever, you yeah. know, and, and come in the middle. And it it just varies, and I you there's no way to predict. Yeah, and, uh, and it, the rule who will doesn't accept a, and who won't. And the rule doesn't apply for all items. This is the crazy thing. You can't approach um, t-shirts the same way you would approach cell phones, mm-hmm. just because the offer market and the and who is out there looking for those yeah. items have a different approach for each. I would re- I'd be really interested, and I don't know if there's any way to get this data. I would like to know if specific age groups are more apt to dicker than others. That I would, would bet anything older people are probably more apt to dicker than, let's say, 20-somethings. Yeah, um, probably. <laughs> but I, I would be really... Because it's a skill, like, as somebody who goes... As I have said, I go to estate sales and things. Mm-hmm. It's a good skill to learn. And a lot of times you can get better deals. Better deals, um, personally and for your professional professionally, um, by being willing to step up and say, "No, can I have that for ten instead of 15? Yeah. or or whatever. And you need to be able to read the room and need to not be insulting. I believe mm-hmm. we've talked about this on early, in one of our early podcasts. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be insulting with it, but. Um, or rude, and you don't want to be never be nasty if they mm-hmm. say no, none of that. But it is a good skill to have. Yeah. And, and I think and a lot of younger people are intimidated. And I've had times where, um, because whenever people make an offer, they can actually add notes. Mm-hmm. And I've had times where people explain why they're making I an have offer. Too. And sometimes it's like, yeah, that's a good offer. Except. Yeah. And, and well, one time, like, the shipping quote on their end was, like, completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, but with this much shipping, I'm like, geez, that's way high shipping. So, you know, no big deal or whatever. Well, yeah. obviously we'll come down on that. Um, once or twice I had people, be, I had, no, one time in particular, I had somebody say, why is the shipping so high on this? Because they had given them some sort of huge quote and I went in oh. and adjusted it for them because it was it, way it, more than whatever the thing would have ever cost to ship. Yeah. So um, I have had those experiences too, where people will put little notes in there and, mm-hmm. and everything. So And I think that does help. Honestly, because whenever they take the time to say why they're making that offer, it allows me to It's particularly true if they're trying to, if they lowball. Yeah, Because yeah. if it comes in a couple bucks, you don't really need to explain. But if you're right. asking for like 10, 20 off or something, mm-hmm. what is your reasoning here? Yeah. And if it's that you're being charged $30 in shipping and I know it's going to cost me $8 to ship. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. You know. So, anyway, do you have anything else to say about auctions versus the buy it now game? Uh, no, no. No, what we'd a, love to hear your input on that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you prefer auctions? Do you prefer buy it now? Maybe you're not an eBay seller and you're working with similar, within similar parameters, I guess, on other sites. Maybe you actually do in-person auctions, which would be also an interesting thing. Yeah. I have tried that once or twice and didn't have good luck with uh, listing things at an in-person auction. So I, I found um, a little bit, but more often, no. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, but I know people do because I mm-hmm. bought from the same auction house. Um, it's like you drop it off in person and then they have online listings, but you can preview in person. Yeah. Um, I th- think you've been to the same mm-hmm. auction place. And 
I didn't have good luck, but other people do. I know they do because I've seen those numbers go up. Yeah. So um, we you got to have the right item. <laughs> you do have to have the right item. You have to know your audience, like uh-huh. always. So we'd love to hear your feedback on what how you prefer to do your selling. Um, and also, if you have any questions about um, if we didn't cover something on on choosing auctions versus choosing buy it now, um, we would love to to hear from you and cover that again. Yeah. Do you have anything else on that? We no. good? No, All right. right. Okay, now we're going to revisit our segment, Overlooked Items, where we talk about things that we think other sellers, um, or maybe just thrifters, maybe you're watching this and you're not a reseller at this point, but you're just a thrifter, um, that we think that is overlooked. So what is your example? So um, recently, I decided to go through what I have and listed three car radios. Actually, two of them were car radios. And one was a marine radio made for... Um, like a boat? A boat or... or, or yeah, a sea do. And I was expecting each of them to only sell for like $20 free shipping. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, on average, they go for 25 plus shipping. Or one of them I had, it's an old uh, cassette radio. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> cassette tape radio and that model is actually popular for the car from supernatural <laughs> and so people oh, okay. who who uh fix up those cars they have completely bought them out basically that one i was able to list at 60 dollars. and you paid what i paid like two Not so in overall those were something i just saw and they were listed cheap and i'm like eh. I'll throw $2 at it, thinking I'd be able to turn them into $15 each. And no, I was able to list all of them over $25. Nice. At the end of the day, if I get what I'm expecting to get from them, it's going to be basically $6 into around $100, which is far more than I would have thought. Now, is this car radios that are just radios, or are we talking tape decks? Uh, So the one's a tape deck. The other one is a radio CD player. So so it varies. Yeah, yeah. And I I never would have guessed. Like, I thought they would have just been solid, you know, uh, 15 bucks. You know what I would wonder, too, and this is just conjecture, but I would wonder if car 8-track players, for people who restore vintage cars from Mm -hmm. the 70s and early 80s, because my dad used to, well, he still has it, but he had an A-Track player that used to be, I think he had a Nova that was in, in there. Yeah. So uh, maybe car like units in general, especially for people who restore I, collectible models. I wouldn't be cars. surprised. I haven't done research mm-hmm. into that, but I was looking to buy an 8-Track player just because I have a whole bunch of 8-Tracks I wanted uh-huh. to test. Because if they're tested, they sell quicker. And I could not find an 8-Track player under $50. And I was like... I don't want to buy one <laughs> that yeah, badly. <laughs> Wait till you find you stumble upon it for cheap at, right? at a garage sale. So that's uh, a good one. So do you have anything else for that one that you want to talk about? Uh, no. What about you? What What do you? you okay, so I found something world? recently that I think is probably under, um, under overlooked or undervalued, mm-hmm. and it's gonna sound crazy to most of us who come from a normal income background, but um, luxury candles. So. I found this brand here. I don't know if you can read it on there. Um, I found this at a Salvation Army for $8.99, which seems not... I mean, it's a normal candle price if you buy it brand new at the store, so it might sound weird that I would buy it secondhand for $8.99. Um, here you can see the actual 
thing. It I've burned it. I decided to keep this one for myself so I won't be reselling it. But um, it was unburned when I bought it. In came in this nice nice tube here. Um, I got it for $8.99 plus our state tax and brand new. Um, I looked up and it looks like this one might be from maybe 2020, so a few years ago, um, or maybe 2021, I can't remember. And they were selling, this brand's candles sold, I think the low end was $52. And now if you look at their website, the low end's like $88. Which is insane yeah, for a candle in our opinion. I mean, it's a, <laughs> even if I were super wealthy, it's hard for me to imagine spending so much on an item that I literally... You know, I light my money and it goes up in smoke, you know. Mm -hmm. I'll buy a, a moderate price candle, obviously. But um, it's it says it's pure organic beeswax. I think they're scented with, um, I think they're scented with essential oils. But still, that is a lot of money for a candle. And this is, like I just showed you, but it's not a very big candle. This particular model is in glass. But I think this probably would resell nicely. Um, I saw some examples where people were trying to sell, you know, these kinds of candles for... 40, 50, 60 bucks, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think this is the only uh, brand either, and it would be considered a luxury candle. So keep your eyes out, especially I found this one in the uh, case at a Salvation Army. It was in like one of their cordoned off cases. Um, so little thing that I think a lot of people wouldn't even think to pick up for themselves, yeah. which I've picked up other unburned candles or very low, mostly unburned candles, I guess. Um, I picked up like a $3 candle at an estate sale one time because I thought it smelled good and it wasn't burned, so I brought it home to burn it. Um, but really, the luxury ones um, are really ones to look out for. But even just unburned candles, I would argue. Yeah, and, uh, and especially candle, if you like candles. Candle accessories like the scentsies, mm -hmm. the ones you plug into your wall and let candle melt wax, um, those can go for decent money. Yeah, too. I think it's just because people don't think about it. Because it's just a banal everyday, every, we think of it as a banal everyday item. And so for every banal everyday item, um, you have a low end and a high end and a mid-range. Mm -hmm. mid, mid range. And for most of us, we're probably in the low to mid-range when mm -hmm. we're purchasing. I buy a lot of my candles at TJ Maxx. I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> for all of you who have also been like stuck smelling candles forever in the TJ Maxx. <laughs> um, but I do, I do leave... The opportunity open to buy buying candles secondhand. I bought tapers secondhand because you do burn them. You literally burn your money. Yeah. So, um, especially if I find ones that seem particularly high quality or, or whatever. So, yep, look out for luxury candles or just candles in general. Yeah. It's good advice. So, we would love to hear your overlooked items. What, what do you always keep your eyes out for that you think other people walk right by? Um, maybe we should be looking out for that too. Thanks for joining us. Join us again next week for tips, tricks, and thrift flips. Be sure to leave any comments and questions down below and hit that like button, please. Like and subscribe for more content. And we would actually like tips too, so put them in the comments. Yeah. Anyway. Have a good day.